What's up, everyone? This is the Uptempo Podcast. I'm your host, Craig Cameron. Alongside me this week, we got James Morrison. James, how you doing? Good, Craig. Thanks for having me, man. Excited to be here. No problem, man. Uh, we're just going to get started. Uh, a little background information. You want to tell us anything about you? Yeah, for sure. So um, currently, I'm in Minneapolis, Minnesota. I work for a sports ministry nonprofit called Uncommon Sports Group. Um, while, while I'm up here, I'm also the head JV basketball coach at Prior Lake um, High School and then do some other basketball stuff on the side. But originally from North Carolina, went to school, University of South Carolina, uh, was a men's basketball manager there for several years and did some cool stuff with basketball and coached uh, college basketball in college in Montgomery, Alabama, and then Trebekah during University in Nashville, Tennessee. That's before awesome. moving up here. That is quite a resume. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So my first question for you, what, what got you interested in basketball? Yeah, man, I was, I was trying to think about that. I think what really initiated the love for hoops was – uh, and just my dad putting me in sports. And so, like at an early age, I played basketball, but also played baseball and football and even soccer. And I think when you get older, you start learning what's your passions and what you like the best. So, I eliminated soccer pretty quickly and then stayed with the three. And then uh, I actually am 6'4 now, but I didn't really hit my growth spurt till junior year of high school. So, I eliminated football just because I was so small. Um, so, kept basketball and baseball. And then as time went on, continue to just grow my love uh, for basketball more. And that's kind of the one that stuck out the most. Gotcha. And uh, what, what is your basketball ground uh, background, like as far as like high school and just growing up playing it? Yeah. Um, yeah. My dad had me in hoops early um, and then played middle school, played high school in North Carolina and then played one year college ball at a D3 school uh, called Guilford college in Greensboro, North Carolina um school wasn't for me I wanted a big school environment at the time so transferred to University of South Carolina and became a manager and but the playing days ended in high school gotcha I mean you're better than me I never I never got to play in high school so <laughs> <laughs> I, I was too short uh did not have the handles but uh you said you grew up in North Carolina I gotta ask North Carolina or Duke Man, everyone asks that, and then you find like the rare ones like me I grew up a huge Demon Deacon fan um really yeah, my mom and dad sent me to Wake Forest basketball camp uh, starting at the age of eight. And every summer I'd go and spend two weeks at Wake Forest. And if anyone on here is listening and knows Skip Prosser, that was my favorite coach. And uh, grew up idolizing Chris Paul and kind of just stuck it out from there and um, stayed a pretty strong Demon Deacon fan even till college and then started pulling for my Gamecocks. But yeah, man, um, I don't really like either Tar Heels or Blue Devils. Wow, that's that's pretty rare. So you, you don't have a favorite when they play, or? No, nah, I love I love watching the games. I love the rivalry. I respect Roy and Coach K, but I gotta I gotta stick with my Demon Deacons on this one. Wow, that, that's that's pretty rare. I've never I never <laughs> heard someone from North Carolina then didn't have like you know ear war. Yeah, that's, and then that's my crazy. brother my brother actually went to NC State, so I kind of pulled for the Wolfpack uh, just to support him. So yeah, Blue Devils and Tar Heels are. Three and four, I guess, if I had to rank them. Wow, that, that's crazy. <laughs> wow. Uh, so getting started at South Carolina, uh, how did that get going for you? Like, how did you become a manager for there? Yeah, at an early age, um, I think it's weird when you meet someone at like 12, 13, 14, you ask them what they want to do, and they all have like these big dreams. But um I knew I wanted to coach. I don't know really what stood out about coaching at that age, but um, around that age, like the 12 to 14 range, I was like, man, like I want to coach college hoops. So I kind of like started to figure out ways to put myself in situations that could help me when it was time to pursue college coaching. Um, so when I transferred from Guilford to South Carolina, um, the idea of walking on briefly crossed my mind and I was like, man, I'm not good enough and I'm not athletic or strong enough. So um I knew I wasn't going to be able to make it so I just really didn't entertain that too much um so then I was like man I want to become a manager uh because everyone said if you want to coach college hoops and you're not playing you should become a manager um so I emailed Andy Assley who's the director of basketball operations at University of South Carolina men's basketball and he put me in contact with the head manager at the time uh his name Brendan and me and Brendan met up and then Brendan introduced me to Andy and they said they're taking managers and 
luckily I got a spot. Um, it's weird. I know some schools have like these uh, tryouts for managers or uh, interviews and mine wasn't really as strenuous as that. It was more so just get grabbing coffee with someone and then sitting in Andy's office for a little bit. And next thing I know I'm hired as a manager. So that's kind of how that went down. It was pretty cool. Yeah, it is pretty cool. And they, man, they've uh, been up and down, but I know there was that uh, fantastic final four run tw- 2017 um, and going, just but going back to college days, uh, what was your favorite memory working with the team? Yeah, good question. I think at the time, like reflecting on it, I think just being able to be around the players um, and the staff, but more so the players, I think just because they're the same age as me. So like being able to like go to practice and see dudes that are the same age and uh, compete at a high level. And um, what was always kind of cool is having like a social life with the guys too at the time. So like going out with the guys, having fun, doing like uh, me and Sundarius throwing well would play 2K together. And I was like, man, this is so cool. And um, yeah, I think that was probably some of my favorites. But then also just rebounding like one-on-one for guys. Like they would text me like, yo, James, I want to get extra shots up tonight. And I'm like, yeah, let's do it. And I just loved like time with the guys rebounding for them while they're working out, getting shots up. I think that's always cool. Um, but then just picking the brain of the staff too, because I knew I wanted to coach. So I was always like, hey, coach. Evans um, or coach figure like one of the assistants like hey uh, what are you guys doing to prepare for the game and they were like briefly share tidbits of like a scouting report or something like it was just cool for me to like kind of learn what they're doing that's really cool are you, are you still close to any of the players today so the players now know just because I've been graduated but the players that um, have graduated it's cool man I have a part-time gig with the Timberwolves up here and when the Denver Nuggets come into town like PJ Dozier uh, who was a South kind of grad backup point guard for the, uh, for the Nuggets. Sorry. Like him and I will get up. Um, this is pre COVID, but him and I would get up um, and see each other. And then Sundarius was on the Clippers and now he's on um, the Pelicans and him and I would get up and it's cool. I still see some of those guys. And if I go back to Columbia, sometimes I see those guys. Um, but yeah, we will run into each other and talk every once in a while. Uh, not best friends, but still definitely communicate some. That's awesome, man. Uh, yeah. What would you say your favorite – It's kind of, it kind of ties into that. What would you say your favorite game you were a part of at South Carolina was? Oh, dude, really good question. Um, I love rivalries. So, like, our rivalry is obviously Clemson, and they're in the ACC. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's not as big as Gamecocks versus Clemson football, but at the same time, it felt like it to me. Uh, so, I think going to Greenville, South Carolina, because the game was always hosted at a neutral site, and playing the rivalry because the coaches are recruiting the same kids because it's an in-state school. Um, and so, and most of the kids are from like in-state and it's just those games against Clemson um, usually right before Christmas was always really fun. Um, also um, playing Kentucky every year, especially then they were, this isn't a knock on Kentucky now, but then they were like a top 10, 10 top 10 team uh, year in and year out. And so like, I remember rebounding for guys like Jamal Murray or even Devin Booker or Carl Anthony Towns and these different guys that were just so big time for Kentucky then. And I'll never forget one game at home, uh, Coach Cal, I got thrown out of the game with then I think, I don't don't know if it was, I swear, I think he got tossed within the first five or six minutes, man. Um, And it was one of the craziest things. And it was a full house and Kentucky travels really, really well. So like the whole top section of our arena was blue, but everyone was just screaming and hollering at Cal for getting tossed within like the first five or six minutes of the game. Um, but that one was one of my favorites too. <laughs> Coach Cal getting tossed. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And it's just cool. Cause like those teams are just full of NBA guys. Yeah. Um, I guess you, and were, uh, you were there from, uh, was it 2013 and 2016 or. Yeah. 13 to 16. Yeah. So you were there when they, uh, Kentucky had that undefeated season uh, in the SEC play. Yeah. So that, yeah that, was a, cool. that was a big roster. You had, uh, I think, about, I want to say, five guys on that team that are in the NBA still. So, yeah, that is crazy. All right, so I know you said you graduated in uh, 2016. So, and you said you were still a part of the team a little bit uh, with 2017 in the Final Four run. Yeah. So, uh, with with transferring from Guilford to South Carolina, I was behind on credits. 
Um, and instead of doing summer school, um, at the time I wanted one more football season. So I decided to just do an extra semester and graduate December, 2016. And as you know, um, our final four run took place March and April of 2017. Um, so kind of poor timing for me because I didn't necessarily get to like sit on the bench in Phoenix when we made the final four. But at the same time, I still felt like I was part of the team in a way just because it was the same team I was helping out as and as a, as a manager. Um, but still really cool. I actually went out to Phoenix anyways um, and stayed with some of the guys, not the players, but some of the manager friends and went to the games. And I was at the game against Gonzaga. Um, so still really cool. Um, so I felt like I was there. I felt like I was not at, at the same time, if that makes sense. But um, anyways, man, it was incredible. Um, the fact that we made the final four, man, like still blows my mind. We were a seven seed. Uh, even that first game against Marquette was really close. And then to beat Duke with Jason Tatum and Grayson yeah. Allen and Luke Kennard um, was awesome. And then we blew out Baylor and then we uh, fought out a tough game against Florida um, in the Elite Eight. But that whole run was just really, really, really special, man. Um, so definitely a moment for just South Carolina in general too. Like, like just the student body I remember was going nuts and the state in general was going nuts. Um, and we're just so known for SEC football, but didn't have like your basketball program. And at the time, women's basketball was killing because Asia Wilson and yeah. John Staley. And that was the year we won the national championship in women's. So to have both programs go and then the women's pull it out that was just a really special year for South Carolina hoops in general for sure man uh I can only imagine how cool it was to see you know the guys you were managing for those years come together and finally get it going and make a run out of it yeah yeah it was cool to see like I think it's always neat to see this is for anything but to see when some program or someone puts in so much effort and to see it kind of come through and see positive results. So you see a program over time with Frank Martin continue to get better and continue to get better. And then that year just seems like all the pieces and the senior class we had in Cinderius Thornwell and Dwayne Notice and Justin Mackey um, to see them three of the five starters. And then you had PJ Dozier who had a great year and he had a great run in the tournament. Um, and then Chris Silver was on the Miami heat now was a huge part of that team, but to see, um yeah just hard work come through is is definitely really special and to say that you can be a part of it uh, definitely a added incentive yeah I mean it, it always sucks you know in the long run like you know losing in Phoenix like the the Gamecocks did the Gonzaga but I mean when you have a team like South Carolina who's like they're not expected to make it there it's still a memorable run to make it that far yeah for sure I think losing always sucks right but like yeah. I think that was one of those games where, yeah, losing sucks and it's sad that it's over, but it's like, man, we made the final four. Yeah. Like, I mean, I mean, yeah. like, looking back at it, like right now, you know, it sucked like when it happened, when they did lose to Gonzaga, like right then and there, but like today, like four years later, it's probably a great memory just yeah. as a Gamecocks fan. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. It is. It is. And Gonzaga was stacked that year. They had uh Zach Collins. I remember had a great game um, and Nigel Williams Goss and they had a loaded team. They're good, man. But um yeah it was it was cool man it was cool yeah almost had the uh all carolina national championship that year <laughs> i know i know people were talking about that actually yeah that would have been neat yeah but you were talking uh you know about south carolina and you know wake forest on them uh do you have any other favorite teams like nba or anything yeah good question um so i said i'm from north carolina but i was yeah. born um, right outside Boston, Massachusetts, in a town called Marlboro. And we moved as a family to North Carolina, uh, 13 or 14 years old. Um, but man, I'm a Boston sports fanatic. So shout out Anthony Evans on this one. He's a big say, Celtics fan. Since you said uh, you were from Boston, I was like, his man's, that's, that's why him and Anthony are friends. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, man. Anthony is my one go to guy uh, for Celtics talk. We're struggling right now, unfortunately. I don't know what's going on? Um, we lost to the Hawks last night pretty bad, but yeah, big Celtics fan, big pa Patriots, Bruins, Red Sox, all, all the Boston sports. Uh, I guess, so yeah. hopefully, hopefully our Celtics can get it together. Yeah. And I, I, if you're, if you're cool with it, just like, we're going to dive into uh, just basketball talk right now with, I mean, we've been diving with the Celtics. I mean, uh, a lot of injuries 
so far so the season for the Celtics. Um, you know, with Kimba Walker going through the surgery, you had Jason Tim have cope for a little bit. Uh, Marcus Smart's been out. Uh, do you do you think it's injuries? Or do you think it's Brad Stevens or what? Yeah, good question. I can talk Celtics for days. Um, man, where do I even start? I I don't even know if I have the like the exact answer, and I don't know if there is an exact answer. I think that's a combination of things. Um, ah, man, I think sometimes teams like will lose. I probably should find a better term, but this is a term I've been using lately, like dog mentality, right? So like guys who go balls to the wall every possession and truly care about making winning plays, um, but not necessarily for their points, um, but strapping up on defense consistently, off ball, on ball, making like diving for loose balls, rebounding, the little things that you don't really get seen on ESPN. Um, and sometimes that just looks like when I'm watching the Celtics and I don't know who's going to listen to this and they might think I'm an idiot, but um it's just we care too much about like the who's shoot whose shots it is and the defensive uh, the defensive side of things, especially at the big position right now, is we're trying to figure it out. Um, we don't necessarily have a rim protector, um, but yeah, man, I definitely think we're missing Marcus Smart. I don't know if that's like end all be all though. Like, there's got to be more to it than just that. Um, and I think we're trying to figure out our identity on offense. If it's not Tatum's turn, it's Brown's turn. But I think we're trying to figure out like what kind of motion we're in. And yeah, it's just a little confusing right now, if I'm being honest. I don't necessarily want to point the blame on Stevens. I'm always a guy who tries to advocate for the coaches. Um, but I'm sure there's a little bit of blame there, of course. But hopefully we figure it out. Yeah, I, I think Stevens is a great coach. Um, and, you know, so those do have a young roster the last couple of years uh, with, you know, Tatum, Brown, and all of them developing still. And I believe his yeah his first years were back in like what six years ago. So he's he's had Tatum his whole career, and there was obviously that big run they had with Isaiah Thomas, and he got hurt hurt his hip in the final conference finals, I think back in 2017. So yeah. he's had he's had some tough breaks uh, with injuries and just you know a young roster over the years. So I think he will eventually get over the hump and make it to the NBA finals. Uh, but yeah, like, like you were saying, you know it's that dog mentality, and you. Tatum, Brown, All-Stars, they're going to have to get their shots up. Kimball Walker, also a former All-Star, he wants his shots too. And you got guys like Marcus Smart and uh, just everyone else uh, probably wants shots too. So it's just – it's it's hard to spread the ball around uh, that much when you have, you know, a great depth uh, roster like the Celtics do. And if you want my honest opinion, I don't want to happen. I don't care for it to happen because that will be – like it will, like, terrify me. But I do think the Celtics need to push for Miles Turner. I think Miles Turner would fit their system so well. And if they just want to like throw some like just picks and maybe like Tristan Thompson in there, because Indiana is not, I mean, they're just so mediocre every single year. I feel like they really don't care to pull their stuff, their, their uh, team up because they, they just trade all the depot. So I don't, yeah. think they would, I, don't, I don't think they would be opposed to taking in some like, you know, maybe like two first round picks from the Celtics for Miles Turner or maybe even just one first round pick. Um, but it'll be, it'll be tough because like you, if you're a Celtics, you don't want to give up like Marcus Smart and get, you know, a center back, you want to keep smart. Uh, that's why I'm saying maybe like Tristan Thompson and some picks for Miles Turner. Because I, I just think, you know, Miles Turner is that rim protector you need. And he's also a great uh, – uh, he can space a four, um, shoot threes. So, I think that's the key piece for the Celtics to make a deep run. Yeah, I I can't agree more. Um, there was talks we were going to get Miles Turner – and uh, Doug McDermott, I believe. And I think TJ Warren's name was even tossed around a little bit. Yeah. With for, Gordon the, Hayward. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And I was really excited about that because I want to stretch big. Uh, with losing Al Horford, we haven't been able to compliment, like, the guy who can pop out off a ball screen um, and can stretch the floor. And Daniel Tice is trying to do that, and he's just inconsistent. Um, but I would love a guy like Miles Turner, man. And Indiana's roster is actually solid. Like, I like – Miles Brogdon. I like Karis LeVert. Obviously, he's hurt. TJ Warren's a bucket. Sabonis is a stud. Turner's good. Um, so, I'm curious what they're trying to do there in Indiana, too. Yeah, I mean, I love the Pacers. They have a great roster. It's just – I thought they're one of those teams that's, like, you don't have that one-two go-to star. And, I mean, Sabonis, I, I think he got snuffed for the All-Star game this year. But at the same time, like, it's, it's going to be a different guy every night scoring 20 points for you. And, you know, Brogdon's a great guy, too. Like, he, he can easily get 20 points, eight rebounds, eight assists. Like, he's a almost triple-double machine. But at the same time, 
I just don't think they have enough to get over the that hump of them losing the first round like every year the last five years. Yeah, so, I I agree. I'm curious what they're going to do in the offseason. Yeah, but like I said, Miles Turner, man, I think I think that's the key piece of the Celtics. Um, and I think honestly, I think that's what they've been missing the last couple of years because, like you said, Al Horford leaving uh, was big for them. And you know, he he, he did get old. Um, and I, I really do feel like you know the Kyrie Irving situation didn't really pan out the way. The Celtics wanted it to. Uh, I didn't think he was a good fit for the Celtics and just the locker room presence. Uh, he was never like mentally with the team uh, at all. So, and also yeah. they, they only got one year out of him with the, uh, his injury that first year. So exactly. Yeah, that was a mess, man. I got an alert on my phone earlier today. Danny Ainge is all over the place with trade talks. So I'm guessing something's about to go down here soon. We'll see. I, I hope something goes down soon uh, because it's been a very quiet year with the uh, trade. And I don't, I don't know if it's just because of COVID or like people are like scared to trade or like change things up right now. Cause you know, you, it's a really weird season. Cause you know, like, I mean, both our teams, uh, Miami and Boston, uh, I know Miami's had, they've had, oh, yeah. uh, they've had Butler out 12 games. They've had Goron Georgia out 14 games. Tower heroes just missed his 10th game last night. Uh, Avery Bradley's been out like half the, more than half the season. So it's just, it's, it's kind of, it's kind of too, I guess, um, what's the word? I guess I'll, I guess I'll just use the word scary. Uh, where uh, you don't want to jump the gun too early on making a trade. Uh, when you don't know what your team's gonna look like, because I mean, I think Miami's, I think Miami has only played like four or five games this year with their, their whole roster with injuries and COVID and stuff, which a lot of teams have too. Just that's just the way it is with COVID this year. I mean, you have you're having players miss every other game. Um, and you know we saw Kevin Durant literally go in the first half, play a game and get pulled out of the halftime. It hasn't played, you know, since then. So it's crazy. Yeah, it is crazy. It's yeah. Crazy. You bring that up. We think uh, Eastern conference finals in the bubble last year was heat and Celtics. Yeah. And you guys basically had the same, you have the, almost the same roster. You lost Jake Crowder and you replaced him with Avery Bradley, but you still got Drogic and hero and Robinson and Butler and bam. Um, so yeah, I'd be curious if the heat can find a way to get it clicking once everyone's healthy. Yeah, I really do miss Jay Crowder too. I think he was. Uh, I honestly, I don't think we make the finals without Jay Crowder. I, I don't think we. I don't think we beat the Bucks without Jay Crowder. Uh, mm-hmm. He was. He was a solid piece for us. I mean, he's that three and D wing that. Oh, he can play a power forward and small forward. Uh, he can defend almost every position. So, and he's been he's been great with the Suns this year. The Suns are the four seed right now. So yeah, uh, he's definitely been a key piece for us uh, missing this year. And, you know, Avery Bradley, you know, he's a replacement, but he's also a shooting guard and a point guard. He's on a power forward. So yeah. we've been we've been missing that uh, presence down low so far. And, uh, you know, they draft Preston Sachua. He's been pretty good so far, but he's not that 3 and D wing that Jay Crowder was. Yeah, I agree. I agree. We'll see. I love Spolster, man. He's one of my favorites. I think he's one of the best coaches in the league. Um, I think you guys will find a way to get it together. Yeah. Yeah. It'd be, it'd be interesting though. I mean, uh, I think the all-star break would be good just for all these teams to catch up and get, get back on their feet. Cause it's, it's been nonstop so far this year. I mean, like it's, you know, obviously you got some players like getting some time off with COVID, but uh, there's been a lot of back-to-backs and um, you know, other than the uh, game is postponed, it's just been nonstop with the, all these like four games in one week. Yeah, you know, they're going at it for sure. Um, they're doing three or four games a week, a lot of back-to-back. So, yeah, I think uh, all-star break will be good for these guys. Um, yeah, a lot of teams need some rest and to get healthy. Yeah. Uh, I'll go ahead and uh, talk to a little bit more uh, NBA with you, though. Uh, what are your predictions for the East so far right now? I mean, the East is pretty shaking up right now. I mean, every team in the East has double-digit losses so far in the year. Uh, meanwhile, in the West, you got um, – well, the Jazz have clearly been the best team all year long. With yeah. they're, they're the only team left with single-digit losses with six right now. Um, who, do you, who do you think are the favorites right now in the East? Good question. Man, I don't want to say Brooklyn – but I think you have to put Brooklyn in the conversation. You'd be dumb to not put them in the conversation. Yeah. There's just too much, there's too much talent on that roster to not put them in the conversation. They're going to make a run. Uh, if they all stay healthy, they all keep buying in like what it looks like they are buying in. 
it's tough when you got guys like Kyrie who you can't guard one-on-one, Harden you can't guard one-on-one, shoot, KD you definitely can't guard one-on-one, and you got a sniper to spot up from three and Joe Harris who shoot, I swear, like around 50% from three. Um, so I don't know how you guard that team, but um, hopefully they can stay healthy. Uh, I'd be curious how Steve Nash is doing with everything. Um, but, yeah, I think Brooklyn and then, man, Doc Rivers comes in. 76ers basically have the same roster um, when they fire Brown and Rivers comes in. They add Seth Curry, uh, but it's still Embiid, Simmons, Tobias Harris, Shake Milton, Seth Curry, and um, Dwight Howard off the bench for Embiid. But yeah. Embiid's having a crazy good year. Um, he's having a terrific year, man. If he can stay healthy, continue playing at the level he's playing at, I think it'll be – unfortunately, I can't say my Celtics. So, I think um, – yeah, I think it would be Philadelphia and Brooklyn in the Eastern Conference final. Oh, Milwaukee, though. Do I want to yeah. give up on Milwaukee? I don't know, hey, man. That's I'm another taking... thing because Drew Holiday has been out too. And usually Milwaukee has been the number one seed the last couple of years. But uh, I do think Drew Holiday is a big factor for them. And I think once he gets back going, that team gets going. I think, I think they're – I think right now the top three is easily Brooklyn, Philadelphia, and Milwaukee. Man, it's just that's the way the standings are right now, and that's just how it looks. And I, I do think Miami and Boston will make a run for. I mean, obviously you have four teams that make the, the second round. Um, I think it'll be those three, and then either Miami or Brooklyn, Miami or Boston will make the second round with those three teams. So yeah. it'll, be, it'll be interesting to see. Um, you know. It'll, it'll all just depend on the, the way the standings pan out because you can say these are the top five teams in the East, but records, if you have two of those teams playing the first round or even four of those teams playing uh, in the first round, then it's, it's going to shake things up. And, you know, you're, you might even get Indiana in there uh, in the second round this year. So Don't sleep a- on Nick Nurse from the Raptors. Yeah, I mean, here's another thing, though. Uh, I, that that thing today came out. Kyle Lowry getting traded to uh, either I think it was Philadelphia, Miami, or L.A. Oh, I didn't see that. Yeah. Wow. So, um, I think the Raptors are, I guess, blowing it up, or which I, I don't blame them because you know they already get the championship out of it, and Kyle Lowry is getting old, um, and he's a, he's gonna be a free agent after this year anyway. So you might want to go ahead and get something out of him, which I think is what they're gonna try and do. So. Hmm. Yeah, so uh, it'd be interesting to see because, I mean, if Miami or uh, Philadelphia get them in the East, I mean, that's just a huge boost for either one of those teams. And I, I, I know I know as a Heat fan, I mean, that's one of the things we need is a, a perimeter point guard because, uh, you know, Goron's a great point guard, but he's he's not Kyle Lowry when it comes to defense. I mean, Kyle Lowry is just a hustler, go-getter. Like, I mean, he sees ball, hit ball. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's like, he's, like, he's like a football player playing point, point guard. <laughs> yeah. I agree. So that'd be interesting. I'd be interested to see like where Philadelphia would plan on putting him. Cause I don't think you can take Simmons off the ball cause he's too talented with the ball in his hands. But I don't know if Lowry's technically like a guy who doesn't, you can put off the ball either. So I don't know. That'd be interesting in Philadelphia if that went down. Yeah. It, I think the East can be very entertaining this year to uh, see how it all plays out. And, you know, I, I'm excited for the play in tournament this year too. Cause I'm I, I'm just excited in general because you know you got teams like the Hornets, the Hawks, um, the Wizards. I mean, th- these teams we haven't seen the playoffs these last couple of years. Uh, they're making a push for the uh, playoffs this year, and with the new play-in tournament with COVID, there will be technically ten teams in the playoffs because uh, you know the ninth and tenth seed will get a chance to win their way into the, uh, the postseason. So it'll be it'll be fun to see uh, that for a change this year. Yeah. But last last uh, episode on uh, on the Uptempo podcast, I talked to my friend uh, Caleb about the Jazz and the Lakers in the West, and if the Jazz were for real or not. I, I thought they were for real for a long time, um, but it's just it's the you know back of your mind mentality where like that voice in the back of your head is like you know the Lakers are still there, LeBron LeBron's still there, um, but why? Uh, they did play this week, and the Jazz won by 25 points. Now it was up with is without Anthony Davis. Yeah, but LeBron LeBron has not looked that great as of late without Anthony Davis. Uh, LeBron had 19 points, four rebounds, and four assists in this game against the Jazz, and they lost by 20, 25 points. Uh, is it, does this have any headlines with it, or do you think it's just don't think anything of it without Schroeder and AD? 
definitely don't think anything about it without AD. Um, I think people blow up regular season games so quickly. I think people do have off nights. I think those exist. Um, and it, especially in the regular season. So I do think the Jazz are for real. I'm on your side. They've been for real. Um, but I love Rudy Gobert, man. I think the great, greatest defense big in the NBA. Um, Donovan Mitchell, I think, keeps taking steps forward in every single offseason, keeping better and better. He looks so good from three right now where you can't guard him because you have to take away the three and he just drives right by you. And then you got Bonjanovic spotting up and Jordan Clarkson coming in, putting up 18 game off the bench. Um, yeah, so that's another team, man, if they stay healthy. And then Mike Conley, the vet. Um, so it'll be interesting. I love that coach too, um, Quinn Snyder. So that'll be a good series if that takes place in the playoffs. Yeah, uh, that, that would be a dream Western Conference Finals, uh, in my opinion, just because, man, Jazz right now, they're playing like, honestly, it looks like just a great like college basketball team with just chemistry. I mean, they, Rudy Gobert and Donald Mitchell are not the you know best players in the West. Like They're both all-star reserves. Like, neither one of them are starter. But they have the best record in the, in the West because they have the best chemistry. Like, and like you said, they have all these guys come off the bench. Like you got, uh, you know, Joe Ingles, Bojanovic, uh, Joe, uh, Jordan Clarkson, and Mike Conley, the, the veteran point guard. And like you said, John, Don Mitchell is taking steps forward every offseason. And you got the Rudy Gobert presence down low. Uh, they, got, they got everything it takes to win a championship. Uh, it's just the fact, can they keep sustaining this, you know, going forward? And can they do it in the postseason? Yeah. Yeah, it'll be interesting. I I think everyone is eager for a new team. And I think Jazz could maybe be that. So we'll see. Yeah. We'll see. We will see. Cause it's it's been LeBron like every year, every year besides, you know, he was he the was Raptors. Hurt. Yeah. Except when he in, in, injured his groin uh two years ago. So yeah. It it would be weird to see LeBron make the playoffs and get eliminated in the actual playoffs, not the finals. <laughs> I know. Right. So uh, <laughs> do you, do you think the Suns are for real too? Um, they're, they're four right now in this, in the West. Do I think the Suns are for real? That's a great question. I love Monty Williams. I got a good friend of mine on staff. there, been strong. Um, I think Devin Booker's a superstar. I think Chris Paul is a uh, all time. Great. Um, everywhere he goes, he's able to kind of find success and get winning habits um, I like the wing guys they have, Mikel Bridges and Cam Johnson. They're both shooting the ball well. They're both along good defenders. Um, I don't know if they're for real enough to where you can put them in the Western Conference Finals discussion with like the Jazz and Lakers, like you and I just did. Yeah. But I do see them making a run in the playoffs in terms of just beating someone in the first round and like making some noise there. Yeah. Right. I mean. Like you said, they can make a no- some noise. Um, I could easily see them being a late first round exit, as in like you know they would lose in like probably like seven games. I do think they would like make a push for the second round. Uh, I can see them making the second round, but like you said, it's, I-, I think it's too early to tell if they're a final a conference finals team and if they can even make it that far with how good the Jazz, Clippers, and Lakers are. So. Uh, but yeah, I mean, Devin Booker, Chris Paul, uh, I love that Chris Paul trade. Uh, I love the Jay Crowder sign this offseason. I think they yeah. had, I think they had one of the best off seasons after they went eight and zero in the bubble uh, back in December. So it'll be uh, crazy to see how it all pans out though in the NBA. Uh, yeah, yeah, I'm curious. I think there's some teams that could make some noise that we didn't talk about. I think Denver Nuggets are still figuring it out. Like, yeah. I think losing Jeremy Grant was huge for them as in terms of defense. Um, they're really struggling defensively, but if they can figure out defensively, shoot, man, they put up 120, I feel like nightly. Um, how about how so about the Spurs? They're 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 six in the West right now. Demar yeah, Derozan. That's, <laughs> that's amazing. That's, that's, that's just that's, Greg Popovich, man. That's that is exactly what it is. It's Greg Popovich. <laughs> Dude is the goat. Yeah. Coaching. I mean, he's he's a, he's up there. And I want to. I want to pull for Portland too, man. I love Damon, uh, Damian Lillard. I love McCullum. I don't know. That's another team I would like to see figure it out and uh, see how they can maybe make some noise. Yeah, they've been very impressive too without uh, CJ McCollum and Nurkic playing this year. 
Uh, you know, Lillard's been carrying the team like really by himself, and uh, Melo's been stepping up too. And they they just had a lot of great uh, a lot of great wins this year. Uh, Enos Kanter's also stepped up at, at the center. Yes. Role. Yeah, he's definitely stepped up. Yeah. But uh, second NBA real quick. Last thing uh, on this, who is your MVP right now for the season? Oh, who is my MVP right now? <sighs> this is going to hurt me to say this, and I don't think everyone agrees for some reason, but I think you have to go and give it to the best player in the NBA, and that's LeBron James. Man, I was hoping you would not say that. <laughs> I was hoping you wouldn't say that. Uh, it's either I, I thought I thought you were gonna go with Embiid because you said it was gonna hurt to say that with you being a Celtics fan. But uh, the reason it hurts me to say is because LeBron crushed us so many times when he was a, a Cleveland and Miami, and I'm just yeah. tired of him sometimes. But I respect him enough to not go against greatness. Yeah, I think it's I think it's LeBron or Embiid at this point. Obviously, Giannis is kind of flying under the radar. He's still putting up really nice numbers nightly. Luka's still putting up crazy numbers. That was my preseason pick was Luka Doncic. But with with Mavs not really having great success, I don't think you'd get it unless they can pick it up. My uh, my MVP right now, I think I got to go with, you know, I don't have a t- favorite, but I think right now it's Jokic, Embiid, and Curry in the top three. Uh, oh, the reason, good call the reason The reason I don't have LeBron in top three uh, is because – Basically, just this past week, or I just, you know, the past month or so with, uh, you know, the Anthony Davis injury, he's been losing games and he's not been playing MVP basketball. I mean, like he had 19 4 and 4 the other night, um, and he has not stepped up big. I think uh, against the Heat on Saturday night uh, in that primetime game, he had two points in the fourth quarter and they lost by two. So, Greg, you might have changed my mind on this, man. <laughs> I mean, it's just that's why I was saying. I hope you didn't say that because I was gonna go on a little rant. But no, I, I think I deserved. I think I deserved some backlash there. I yeah. almost want to pull back on the LeBron. I like the Curry pick you have. Yeah, I, it's just Curry. I mean, Curry's been playing phenomenal basketball. Um, his stats are almost identical with his undisputed MVP season in 2016. And you know, look at his roster. He's had he's had Draymond out games. James Wiseman missed game. They really have had. They beat Miami. I watched that game, and their bet their tallest player was six seven. That hurt my yeah. soul, but it was just insane to see Curry, you know, pull that team together. They had a twenty four. I think no, it was, it was a nineteen point uh, comeback, and win that game in overtime. And Curry hit two threes down the stretch to win the game. Uh, he's averaging thirty points per game this year. I think eight assists per game, uh, probably five rebounds. So, I, I think he's a definitely top three for MVP. And they're in the playoff picture right now without Clay Thompson, uh, Draymond Green's missed game, obviously. I don't want to say without Kevin Durant because he's, he's long gone. But, you know, it's it's still cool to see him, like, having this team win some games without his star players he's played with the last five, six years. I agree completely. I agree. He, he I feel like he doesn't get the respect he deserves sometimes. Yeah. Yeah. Uh. But we can go jump to uh, a little bit of college basketball before we wrap things up uh, with March coming around the corner. Uh, SEC basketball has been pretty crazy this year. I, th- I think anyone uh, can win the SEC tournament this year. Your Gamecocks have not had a great year. Uh, no. But Alabama has been, cr- like, unbelievably great this year. They uh, had a bad loss to Arkansas the other night. But yeah. Other than that, they're 13 and two in the conference, uh, 18 and six overall, top 10 team in the uh, in the rankings so right right now uh, nationally. Do you think Alabama can make a run to the Final Four this year? Final Four, ooh, it's funny, man. I think Baylor and Gonzaga are just so good, yeah, to where they would need a serious upset for them to not make the Final Four. And that, um, do I think Alabama is good enough? I I think so, um, but it depends. I think where they lie in the bracket and who is on their side totally, in the bracket. Totally agree. Um, I think that's just that's how March Madness is in general. Uh, you know, I think w- with Loyola Chicago a couple years ago. I mean, look who lost in the region: Virginia, Arizona. Yeah. I mean, those those teams if they don't lose, I mean, the first round, it's it's a whole different story. So it really just depends on how lucky you get with your standings and everything. Yeah. 
It does. My dad and I actually have this conversation a lot. It's I think it's rare the best team will win March Madness. I think yeah. I think the Villanova teams that won with um uh Jalen Brunson and Dante DiVincenzo and those teams were team I was might, so good. They, so I was good. gonna say I think those were the best teams in the country. I would like to think UVA's team that won two years ago, I think was the best team in the country. But then sometimes you have years where it's like, man, were they really the best team in the country? Because uh, you'll see a team get upset or knocked off, and it's just like, man, yeah. they just had an off night. It, it, it is it is sad sometimes to see like you know a great team lose uh, when you know they were they were they could have done so much more, and uh, you know in a title run like that. Um, and that's how I felt. Oh, I think it was I think it was two years ago. I had no, I think it was three years ago. It was it was the year Bill Noble won it. Uh, I actually didn't have them winning it. I had. I thought DeAndre Aiden and Arizona were going to uh, make a run. And I also had, I think it was Miles Bridges and Jaron Jackson with Michigan State. Michigan I had those. State. And both those teams lost in the first round. I was so upset. Yeah. That was, I had part, Michigan, that, that was my worst. I, that was my worst bracket ever I made. I had Michigan State going far that year, too. Um, I can't remember who they lost to. But I, I know, think I know Arizona lost to Buffalo. I can't remember. Um, I can't remember Michigan State though. I can't either. But I want to think. I want to say it was a two versus fifteen game. Yeah, it um, was. And they got upset. Yeah, that was crazy, man. Yeah, the NCAA tournament's always fun. Um, I would never suggest any other way to do it. It's too good. It causes too much like great emotion. Everyone loves it. But sometimes we do question if the best team wins. Yeah, and you you mentioned Gonzaga and uh, Baylor. And we've talked, you know, those are the two teams to beat. Uh, do you have what, – what is your Final Four besides those two teams? Oh, gosh. Um, Final Four besides those two teams, I think I definitely put those two one and two. I don't know. I, I don't think you can pick against them Yeah. Um, for that right now at least. I personally really like Michigan as well, and I'm going to be the cliche Same. fan. I'm going to be the cliche fan that looks at the rankings and picks the top three teams. But <laughs> – to me, they're the best teams right now, and it, yeah. it's tough to pick anyone else. Um, so those are my three top three. I think for the fourth team, man, I think that's a toss up. Um, I don't, I don't know. I think I like Jay Wright enough and respect Jay Wright, and I love their guard play. Um, and then Jermaine Johnson, a stretch four for them. I would probably pick Nova right now, just from I've watched okay. them a lot this season. I love their offense. I kind of like watch them just to take notes on their offense. So I'd probably put Villanova at number four. Yeah, like you said, I'm I'm same way. Like it, it does sound like you know you're just picking from the top when you say Michigan, Gonzaga, and Baylor. But those have been the top three teams all year long, and rightfully so. Uh, you know they have combined one loss, all three of them combined, yeah. and the next best team is like you know Ohio State at four, and they have five losses. So yeah. uh, I I do think that the four the fourth one is a a toss up. Um, you got teams like I feel like Alabama, Oklahoma, Florida State, uh, Texas, Villanova, Virginia. Uh, those teams, I feel like all of them can make a run. Uh, and I do feel like this will be a year where we'll, we will have a lot of upsets with COVID because there's no telling how they're going to do with like you know what if what if you know Jalen sucks for Gonzaga gets COVID and then Gonzaga loses round one like something like that. It, it might be yeah. crazy. Yeah. Um, will, will will they? postpone games because of that because i mean how crazy would it be if the you know the best team in the country was their best player in the round one would they push the game back for you know the best team to you know have you know a fair advantage but we'll have to see how that pans out but other than that i do think it's wide open and it will be interesting to see how the final four shapes out with covid and injuries and just you know like i uh I, I love Baylor's backcourt with Mitchell and Butler. I think they're the best backcourt in the nation uh, up there with, Gon like I said, Villanova and uh, Gonzaga. But right now I I'm going to go with Baylor to win it all. Uh, I think, you know, it's never the favorite, which I think would be right now Gonzaga. I think Baylor would pull out the win over Gonzaga, which Baylor has had better competition throughout the year. I feel mm. like they have gone through more adversity, so they'd be better prepared for that national championship game against Gonzaga. So. I agree. I agree. I love Scott Drew. Um, he's a strong Christian who does things the right way from what I've heard and know. So I'm good with that pick. 
Still yeah. a lot of basketball left. I love conference tournaments too. I think. Same. I'm about to ask you, uh, both SEC fans right here, who do you have win the SEC tournament? So I'll go ahead and say it's, it's not going to be Alabama. I, I think Alabama's going to get upset. Um, I think, you know, they're going to be content with their regular season championship that they most likely will win against Mississippi State on Saturday. But who do you have win and, uh, that conference tournament in March? Good question. I think I'm going to give an answer that might not be popular to the to the people um, just because they haven't had as much success as everyone thought they would. But I'm going to stick with Rick Barnes in Tennessee just to think from top to bottom a roster. They're the most talented. They just haven't been able to figure it out quite yet, and it, it's time to figure it out. But um, I'm, I'm thinking they're going to click come tournament time. So I'm going to go with the Vols. Okay. I, I still have no idea who I, I'm picking to win this tournament. Um, I think it could be any of the top probably like seven teams right now. You got Alabama, Arkansas, LSU, Florida, Tennessee, Missouri, Kentucky, uh, Georgia. I, I think any of those teams could win it. Uh, I think you have teams like Kentucky and Georgia and honestly probably even Florida who are be more, more motivated to win it because they've had disappointing seasons uh, especially Florida and Kentucky. I, I had Kentucky and Florida as the top two teams going into the season and mm. SEC play, and neither one of them has panned out the way everyone expected them to, uh, especially Kentucky. No one saw this coming from them. So, And we all know that Kentucky has to win the tournament to get in March Madness. So it'll be interesting to see how that pans out with, you know, how far they go in the SEC tournament. Um, but Alabama, it'll, be, it'll also uh, – you know, see how that shapes out with, you know, how content are they with, you know, where they lie in the March Madness standings or the bracketology going into that conference tournament. Yeah, it's cool seeing guys like Nate Oates come down. I think this is his second year from Buffalo and have the success he's having. And then Musselman, second year at Arkansas, having the success he's having. Um, Kirby Smart even look uh, turning Ole Miss into a program that has some success. Um, it's cool seeing these new guys in the SEC come in, take head coaching gigs, and, and have some success early. Yeah. Yeah, I, I really love um, – cannot think about – top of my head, Georgia's coach uh, came from Tom Indiana. Crane? Yes, Tom Crane. I love Tom Crane. I love that hire. Um, I think, you know, he got Anthony Edwards his first year there uh, as a head coach. So, I think, you know, once he gets recruiting again, uh, I think Georgia will become a better team in the SEC uh, for years to come. Uh, I, I've always liked him just because I'm a big D Wade fan, and he was D Wade's coach, and they had that Final Four run together back in 2003. Uh, so, uh, yeah, it, it Atlanta's a hotbed for hoops, man, and I've always wondered why Georgia can't be good at basketball or Georgia yeah. Tech, and um, hopefully some of these guys that come out of Atlanta stay in their home state. But you see guys like um, Sharif Cooper from Atlanta go down to Auburn. Um, and these different examples, the guys leaving their home state to go somewhere else. Which, I mean, I th I do think, you know, if Georgia were to get players, they'd have to go, like, on one of those runs like Auburn had because, you know, all, the reason Auburn's gotten so many big recruits the last couple of years, uh, well, I guess the last, yeah, two years is, you know, they had that run March Madness that got them the recruits that they're getting right now with Cooper and, you know, Thor and the other guys coming in next year. So, yeah, you know, I, I do think Georgia would have to make a – a big run just out of nowhere to get some recruits. Cause you, you got to have, in my opinion, you have to have success before you get the players because players aren't going to like just go in for one year, not knowing what's going to happen uh, with a team that's, you know, rebuilding every year. So, yeah. Cause you got these one and done players who want to win and their only year that they're there. Yeah. Uh, that's why, that's why I see so many one and done players go to like, you know, Kansas, Duke, North Carolina, Kentucky, um, you know, people aren't going to go to a team where, you know, they're, they have to build every four years to win. Yeah, I agree. It'll be interesting how it goes. Another example is from uh, you and Anthony's home city, Birmingham, Trinidad Wofford from uh, yeah. uh, Mountain. Mountain Brook. Mountain Brook, thank you, to sure. LSU. I see he's averaging 16 a game down at LSU, so we'll see. He, um, he originally went to uh, Alabama. He did? Yeah, he uh, he transferred from Alabama to LSU. Oh wow! Yeah, I got to see him play in high school. Well, it was 
He heard cool it. He, yeah, he either transferred or originally committed to Alabama, then decommitted and went to LSU. I just know like his original plans were to go to Alabama, where he was at, like with Alabama at one point. That was with Avery Johnson though, and then he gets yeah. fired. So you know, that, I think that's what happened. Yes, yeah. Huh. Interesting. Yeah, but he's been yeah he's been good for LSU this year. LSU is like another one of those teams that they could win the SEC tournament, but they've just been so shaky this year. Um, mm. You know, they've gotten blown out by Alabama twice this year. Yet they're still th- a third in the SEC standings. Like yeah. it's, it's makes no sense to me. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's interesting. SEC basketball. I wanted to continue to grow. We have some big name coaches in the conference now, uh, from all over the conference. So yeah. I want to see SEC basketball continue to get better over time. And ACC has been the top dog for so long. And now, now I would honestly say Big Ten or Big Twelve are above them. ACC might be third. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I would I would never put a Big Ten this year. Yeah, I think Big Ten's definitely the best, and I'd put Big Twelve and then ACC. Yeah, um, I, I agree. But hopefully, we can put SEC in that conversation here in the next couple of years. And I guess there's Pac-12. I mean, yeah, <laughs> Pac- yeah Pac-12. I, I have like what USC, and that's it. <laughs> yeah, Oregon's historically been really good. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I like their coach a lot. Hopefully, I'm sure they'll be able to turn it around, and Washington too. Yeah. But that's all I got to talk about today. You got anything else? Nah, man. I can talk hoops for days. But <laughs> I, can, I could talk X's and O's. I'm about to go to practice, actually. I, I coach. I'm uh, an Anthony Evans JV head coach at a local school here in Minneapolis. We got practice tonight. So um, I'm going to go do that here now. But yeah, thanks, man. I love talking hoops. No problem, man. I hope to have you on here again. Uh, I appreciate the interview, though. It was a great, uh, great talk. Yeah, me too, man. I love stuff like this. Thanks for doing it. No problem, man. Until next time.